Welcome, everybody, once again to the Fellowship. Full disclosure, we are in the President's Room at the Ingle Home Residence, taping out a third consecutive episode, and there is some ambiance right now of the home sprinkler system going off in the background, but we have to ventilate this room because after three consecutive hours in here, it's essentially like the sauna where we originally made the Nation Golf deal happen at Indian Wells Country Club. Ryan, I've asked you this three times today. I'll ask you again. How are you doing today? Super, super good. Very good. In an effort to come up with a content idea for a third episode, I wanted to talk to you about the man, the myth, the legend from Cypress, California, Eldrick Taunt Woods. I think a lot of people probably think because we are business partners and uh, co-hosts together that we share the same opinions on everything. And that's simply not true. Well, you wear all black. so I wear all black every day. Yeah. You're a surfer. I don't even know what a surfboard is. I'm from Seattle. I bring the liberal wet blanket to the proceedings. You're from Poway, California. You are a staunch conservative from Dana Point, California. And my favorite thing to say about everyone down here in South Orange County is they feel like they have the world figured out despite never leaving their own zip code. Well, maybe we did figure something out. The one thing that you and I really disagree on that I think a lot of people could sink their teeth into is Tiger Woods, what he means to each of us, what he means to the game of golf and his legacy. To lay this out for the listener, I am a huge fan of and supporter of Tiger Woods, always have been. I give him credit for why I am so into the game of golf. Tiger Woods, like the person or the golfer? Who, we can, who, who are you a big supporter of? We can make that distinguished argument later. Okay, let, let's... We'll, we'll, like, are we talking about, like, this guy? Or are we talking about his play and, like, resume on the golf course? I'm talking about both. Mm. I am so a, you're a big supporter of the guy. I'm a big supporter of the guy. Wow. And I think when you become a huge fan of somebody, you end up becoming a you huge... You let the other shit slide? You not only let it slide, but you're pulling for them to be the best person they can be. The best husband, man, father, whatever. Yes, he is primarily a golfer to me. But yes, I support him, the person... And would like to see him do well, would like to see him stay out of the vehicle when he's had a few too many pops, whether that's from the bottle or the bottle of prescription pills, whatever it is. I am pulling for Tiger Woods in everything that he does. However, that is not the case with you. And before we met, you have and have had a certain feeling about Tiger that you continue today. Why don't you lay it out for the people? You're not a huge Tiger Woods fan. Not anymore. You know, I teared up when he won in, at Augusta in 2019. From a golf standpoint, it's appreciating greatness. And the style in which he plays, I love the style in which he plays golf. He's a throwback player. Tee to green, the way he approaches shots, the shots he chooses. He plays an old school style of golf, other than the fact that he hits it a mile. Even now, he hits it pretty far for being a bionic man. The guy's like a cyborg. That guy's got more titanium in him than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Judgment Day 2, you know? To be honest, Adam, I, it's not like I have this vendetta against Tiger or I'm like like a hater in, in a certain sense. Personally, I have come to a place of maturity where I recognize what I would consider to be an idol differently than when I was less mature. When I was younger, I believed in these oblivious idols. 
you know, I was a huge Magic Johnson guy. I definitely was a Michael Jordan fan. I was a big Tiger Woods fan, obviously a big Kobe fan. But as I got older, it was like in the real world, in the business world, and especially being a small scale pro longboard surfer and being around that industry and getting to meet your idols through that, you realize that these are just fucking dudes and they all got problems too. They're flawed. I'm flawed too. I'm not being the judge here. I'm just more realistic in how I see and how I am influenced by these people. And Tiger, for so many reasons, is led me to believe that he is not the best guy. <laughs> and that's just where I stand. So I'm just not, I'm not wowed by him. I'm not going to be like, I'm rooting for him no matter what. Is it exciting when he does good because the crowd's buzzing? Yeah. Am, am I on board with that? For sure. But dude, this guy has been given so many elitist second chances and had so much shit swept under the rug. And for what? Just because he played good golf? Is that deserving enough to get all that? Even this last whole thing with the sheriffs just kind of like sweeping that all under the rug for him. I mean, what if he would have killed somebody? Let's be clear on what you're talking about. You're talking about his car accident after the Genesis, I want to say it was 2020 or 2021 when he ran his car off the road. It was a single vehicle incident. The he crossed four lanes, a center divider, and went down a ravine without hitting the brakes. The dude was out and he was high and no one wants to call it like it is. If that happened to me or you, what would have happened? We'd be in fucking jail. Why does this guy get so taken care of? You Your know? problem is that that police report and the toxicology report never came out. Yeah. It's on, a, quite frankly, a long list of this guy getting special treatment. I don't like shit like that. I don't think anyone deserves special treatment, period. This is a guy who's had a track record of doing this very thing, and he just continues to do it. And for what? He's a fucking billionaire. He's been handed the world, and he just continues to, in my opinion, kind of piss on it. How privy are you to his childhood? And I will say that neither one of us are as privy as we might think that we are because everything that I've read was written by somebody else or produced in a documentary by somebody else. But I think it's pretty well known that this dude had a Michael Jackson, Serena and Venus Williams-esque childhood where their dad put them on a very, very specific path and there was going to be no veering from that path. You're a dad now. You've been a son. I fall into both those categories. I can't imagine my childhood being ripped away at such a young age and being put on a single track and having all of my decisions made for me and essentially being told, this is who you are and what you're going to be, whether you like it or not. You're not even living a life. That's a pretty dramatic way of looking at it. Was he completely you know, steered and drill sergeanted into the things he did. Yeah. This is also a kid who went to bed every night staring at a Jack Nicholas poster and he fell in love with the game too. And he wanted it. You know, he wasn't getting forced and scratching and clawing and all that stuff going to these practice sessions at the Navy course and stuff. He wanted to go too. He loved it. He was into it. Yeah. Did his father push him for sure. The people you just spoke of, Michael Jackson, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, you could make the same counter argument that that's kind of what it takes to be the greatest. You're not just going to let your kid play in the mud and be like, oh, I hope he can hit Stinger two iron someday. <laughs> 
with all the pressure in the world on him. This this woe is me, like victim mentality narrative of his childhood. That's bullshit. Was his dad irresponsible at things? Everyone's dad is. To that degree, the stories are that at two years old, he was hitting golf balls into a mattress in the garage and wasn't able to stop until his dad wanted him to stop. He was later brought to the Navy golf course where his dad would say some of the most heinous things in the world to him just to make sure that later in life, his concentration wouldn't be broken. During the rounds, his dad would go to a trailer and cheat on his mom and Tiger knew about it. And Tiger's golf coach would go and do the same thing. His dad famously broke up with Tiger's girlfriend in high school through a letter that he wrote and signed as Tiger because- And to this day, when you bring up Tiger's dad to him in front of him, he gets teary-eyed. So yeah, did that stuff happen? Yeah. Tiger loved his dad and he loved what he stood for. He trained as a Navy SEAL just for the fuck of it and probably ruined his career because of it, just because he thought it'd make his dad proud. Was there bad things that happened? Yes, of course. But- Kids and everybody in life, you learn just as much from people's mistakes as you do from good advice. Tiger learned a lot. He's a great dad now. And he got that from his dad, probably from his dad's mistakes more than anything. The point is, is that that's what it takes to be that level of great. Until I hear that narrative and those stories and those opinions come out of his mouth and not some third or fourth source writing a book or selling a Netflix documentary, until I hear him go, yeah, it was pretty fucked up and I'm pretty tweaked now because of it. No, dude, Tiger has always said that he loved all of that. It made him the man he is. He's Tiger Woods. He is golf, whether you like it or not. And that's because of his dad. You're familiar with the term Stockholm Syndrome? Of course. Where you fall in love with your captor. You're talking about this picture of Jack that he has on his wall as a kid. I'm going to argue that that picture of Jack isn't on his wall if he's not groomed to be a golfer at a very young age. And so when Tiger went to Nike and told his dad to kick rocks for that short period of time, did he step away from golf or did he get more motivated and go on the greatest winning streak of all time? You talk about him being a Navy SEAL and training with them, quote, just for the frick of it. He's not doing that if his dad wasn't in the military. Everything he's acting out down to the affairs are things that he saw from his dad. And that's, you know that's how- just, That's just making excuses for a guy, dude. It's not an excuse. People go into couples therapy because they turn into their parents. We are so a product of our nurture. And this guy had and one so of- so what? Well, if your nurture- That's is, just the way life goes, man. No, I know. Well, who's going to raise you? Look, We're all flawed people. It's a And his dad and his mom made him arguably- the greatest golfer of all time. And while Tiger Woods is getting his bronze on, on his 300 foot yacht right now, pretty sure he's okay with it. I agree with the premise of what you're saying, but using that as a massive crutch and an excuse for his poor decision-making, he acted on those things in free will and he has to live with those things. And I'm not going to be like, oh, he drove off a cliff again, or he got another DUI or he banged a bunch of Hooters chicks. Oh, his dad was a dick. That's bullshit, dude. That's a bad argument. Now, were there some fucked up things that happened? Sure. And we all have that. We've all been exposed to things that we probably shouldn't have by someone at some point in our lives. But if you go through your life using that as an excuse or making that excuse for a person you don't know, 
just a bad argument. I'm not trying to make an excuse. Again, I'm trying to create this comprehensive idea that his childhood was so unlike anyone else's. And then beyond the childhood, you take it into superstardom. So there's no gap of him normalizing out after college and then coming onto the tour and not having that much success and being humbled. He went from borderline abused as a kid by his dad and seeing the most effed up stuff to a 17-year-old making a debut at Riviera Country Club where he famously said, well, hello world. And the whole world was watching. And Nike wrote him the biggest contract of all time. Michael Jordan took him under his wing. The guy has not experienced a single normal second in his life. Yet people like you say, be normal. I'm not saying be normal. I'm just saying I'm not going to stick up for him when he makes massive mistakes. And then the world covers it up for him and makes excuses for him. It's not like I have this thing against Tiger Woods. I have this thing against this whole aura surrounding him, this this protective aura that everyone gives him a fucking pass for. I don't view these people as idols anymore. They're just people, just like me. He's clearly hasn't learned from his mistakes. To be clear, I don't view Tiger as an idol. He's not an idol of mine. I don't look up to him and go, that's the man I want to be at all. Just no one excites me more around the game of golf than he does. So when you take something that I love like golf and then you bring someone in who does more for it and excites you more than anybody else, yes. Do I have some blind spots? Absolutely. Does more for it. In what, what way has he done more for golf? Besides doing wonders for the other pros' pocketbooks and for the PGA Tour's viewership, he also got an entire generation, if not two generations, to pick up the game of golf, myself included. I didn't pick it up because of him, but I continued playing because of him. I continued watching because of him. I can give him 95% of the credit for why I'm here today working with you and so in love with the game of golf. Yes, he's not what he used to be. And yes, he's had a ton of trials and tribulations and some horrible, horrible stuff. And I don't condone any of what he did. I just think that it's so multi-layered that for you to just write him off as like this bad guy in the world covers for him. I'm not saying he's necessarily a bad guy. I don't really know that. I'm more or less saying that I am not a fan of his blanket protection. I am a fan of calling, quote unquote, it the way it is. And no one calls it the way it is. They protect this guy. They always have. They always will. Is he an unbelievable talent? Yeah. Did he have a an unbelievable just influence on an influx into the game like we've never seen since Arnold Palmer? Yeah. But take a step back. How has he handled it? How has he truly handled it as a true ambassador of the game? Because like you said, you said it yourself, that this game belongs to the amateur. The game does belong to the amateur yeah. for sure. But Pro golf, that belongs to Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is a reason why so many amateurs play the game. That's, that, that's fair, but got to call it like it is. And I don't think he's been called like it is. You have said before to me many a times that Tiger Woods and Nike have ruined the game of golf. Why don't you take this opportunity right now while the mics are rolling to expound upon that idea? Well, yeah, I mean, everything we've been kind of discussing, this whole performance-minded fist pump mentality, 
performance clothing, ESPN culture, all this stuff that massively changed the direction so much so that the, the old direction is almost attacked now as these traditionalist gatekeeper guys and the, the whole game was racist and everything was bad. And it's just like, that's pretty unfair. Is there always bad stuff going on within anything in life, any genre of sport or industry? Of course. But to label everything with all that stuff, it's that's bullshit. I think that the same thing happened with surf. You bring in this commercial sports ideology into anything and the landscape and the culture changes and golf became way different. And in my opinion, and everyone has their own opinions, I'm not saying anyone else's is wrong. I'm just saying what I think is that what I thought was really cool and mystical and charming about golf changed because of him and Nike. And now we have what we see, copycat brands, sneakers and hoodies and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that I think that the other stuff was cooler. There was something more styly and like respectful about it. It was it exciting to watch him fist pump and do all that stuff. Yeah. But he also snubbed a bunch of autographs when he finished those rounds, ran to his jet and bailed the scene and had a poopy diaper every time he didn't make the cut. I just seen way more selfishness from him. And once you get to that level of greatness, the greats have paved the way on how to be an ambassador to the game because it's just like an artist in music. You're lucky that all of us peasants buy the album. That's who's paying you and you owe it to us. Arnold Palmer spent six figures a year on his own money on just return postage to sign every piece of fan mail. I hold those positions high and his way of doing it isn't to my cup of tea. Yeah, I will always hold him in a high regard because of what he personally meant to me, the amount of entertainment and excitement that he's given to me for free. I've never asked Tiger Woods for anything. He's never snubbed me anything other than a high five that I staged at Riviera once for the picture. But yeah, I just, I really think that there's a human element to all of this. And Tiger Woods, while he is a human, he's also not really a human. He didn't have the same kind of human experience. And I don't want to be redundant and repeat my first points, but his upbringing and his life from the moment he was two years old to now has had no semblance of normalcy at all. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, I'm not asking you to feel bad for him. I do. There's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Anyone with a brain can feel that. But dude, talking about a billionaire. Yeah, but money isn't everything. Don't you think he would give some of that back to maybe have had any kind of normal childhood at all? And the reason I think he might have given some money back is because we saw him turn down an $800 million live deal. So money isn't everything to him. He was taking appearance fees a long time ago. He snubbed numerous historic tournaments here to go play in Dubai and shit. You know, he was getting million-dollar appearance fees in the early 2000s going over there. He's always been about number one. And that's fine. It served him well. He obviously has a resume to prove it. But like you said, golf is for the amateur. The game's bigger than any one person. I guess ultimately, I just don't like the fact that he kind of acts and everyone else plays along with 
that he is bigger than the game. And I think maybe that's that's my my biggest gripe with the whole thing. You know, it doesn't help that he his stumbles are substantial and morally sketchy. I mean, they're catastrophic. You asked me yesterday in the office if I thought he was ever going to come back. My answer to that was, yes, I do think he'll come back. And I think it'll be for more than just the father-son tournament that he plays in with Charlie. I think Tiger Woods is owed a swan song. Farewell tour, kind of? Yeah, where as a baseball player, we'll announce their retirement like Derek Jeter, and he'll go city to city. and the Like Kobe. Will, yeah. But in golf, it's a little bit different, and you got to pick your spots, and he's already been picking his spots forever, and even more so now that he's been hurt, and he hasn't been around in a long time. You asked me where he might come back for that farewell. I think Augusta means too much to him, and whereas you think, hey, he thinks he's bigger than the game of golf, I don't agree with that, and I don't think he's bigger than Augusta, and I think that he thinks that too. I think he has too much respect to turn the Masters into a farewell event. I think Tiger Woods would walk off at the Genesis at Riviera Country Club because that's where he made his pro debut. It's in Los Angeles where he was born. It's a regular tour event, and he's the host. And I think going out in front of his home fans would be the perfect spot for him to hang it up. That could happen. We'll see. I mean, the guy's, he's disabled. That dude has a blue sign hanging from his rearview mirror. He's disabled by every sense of the word. It's a miracle that he's walking around and swinging a club. Obviously, just his pedigree and the type of competitor he is from historically looking at his career, you can be like, oh, never count him out. Yeah, that's true. But dude, your body, you might have the the motor, but you don't have the wheels. doesn't matter. I don't think he can get around and, and play. There's no way. I mean, maybe with a cart at home in Jupiter Island... <laughs> Walking Augusta? No way. Rapid fire. Me to you. Does he pass Jack? Jack has 18 no, majors. Not a chance. Tiger has 15. Not a chance. Does he win again to break the tie with Sam Snead for most PGA Tour wins? I don't know. I, I, I got to see him actually make a cut and walk all four days before I could even give an honest answer to that. Would I like him to do it? I, I would. I would like to see him come back and have a a nice ending. It doesn't change the way I feel about, you know, the topics we discussed. But again, I'm a fan of Tiger Woods, the golfer. It's exciting to watch. I love the way he plays. I do appreciate that he has gotten better in the recent years of chalking it up with the guys. I mean, shit, we've seen him smile on the golf course for the first time of his whole career in the past three or four years, actually having conversations with his playing partners. Dude was a robot for 18 years out there. To him passing Jack, you say no. To him playing again, you say, I don't know. To him winning again, you say, I hope so. Let's wrap it on this. Any thought to Charlie Wood's career? Do you see a big career for him in golf? I mean, he's definitely got a leg up. When you got inside information, and for a term you used earlier, when you're being groomed into how to play at those levels, He's definitely got a head start, but like I said, golf doesn't know you anything. It's a really fucking hard game, and there's a lot of people out there who know how to play it and can video themselves and polish their swings and be great. 
and the talent pool is enormous to get to those levels now. There is an easier way on tour. I, I mean, that's not fair to say easy, but there's there's a way that is a lot less traveled to get there, and it's the way Tiger got on. It's the way the Sam Bennett guy is getting on. You know, if he does good in these big amateur events and gets the call-ups and the exemptions and does good on those exemptions, you can weasel your way in. If he goes that route, he might be able to to pull it off. But if he's stuck in that pool fighting for cards and playing on those little tours and shit, man, that's a tough road. That's a really, really tough road. I wouldn't bet against him, but I would be surprised if he makes it. Great debate. Great argument. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to The Fellowship. We'll be back on Monday, July 24th. Angle will be back from Hawaii. We'll see each other for the first time in a month. The showroom will be complete. And we'll have another episode of The Fellowship ready to go on Monday, July 24th. Thanks for listening. And aloha means goodbye.